episode nine of Last Believer, a podcast about good riddance. My name is Josh Lindley. The co-host is Dan. You know that guy's voice. We have another yep. voice you're going to be hearing today. Crystal, say hi. Hi. I like that your instinct was to wave because we're video <laughs> you know, chatting. It is an audio medium. <laughs> Remember that. You know, I just like to be colorful on and off the screen. Yeah, it, it really adds to the vibe. I feel like we're all going to feel loose about it. This week, we're talking about the songs Steps and Static and Grandstanding from the Cheap Seats. Spanning a little bit of time here. Also, uh, before we get into anything, I still don't have a copy of A Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion. Yeah. So if anyone owns an actual copy of it, what, on vinyl? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, man. What, what am I going to play a CD CDs. on? Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Go back to the 90s. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess that's it. That's what this whole podcast is. Um, anyway, if anyone is holding on to a vinyl copy let me know. I'll buy it from you, but I won't pay a stupid amount of money for it. Also, if you're listening and you want to play along and you maybe don't know these songs, we have a Spotify playlist on the go. Just look up Last Believer podcast on Spotify and you will see all of the songs, not just the Good Ridden songs, but all of the songs that we talk about. The playlist gets weirder and funner every week. Uh, we've only done like 25 songs. And there's more than 100 on the playlist. So... That should give you an idea of what's going on. Dan, what else should people do when they're online? Well, should they feel so inclined, take a moment to like and subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star review. The contest, by the time you hear this, is done for the giveaway. But if you still want to give us a five-star review, kind of helps with the algorithm and making sure that people see us. Uh, better yet, we'd really love it if you just told a friend who might be into good riddance or just listening to two bozos shoot the shit talking about old punk stuff. And him. Me going him. on. Three bozos. Well, two at the two always bozos. Three bozos today. I'm always a bozo. Okay. Not on air. <laughs> <laughs> and while while you're on the internet giving us uh, those nice five star reviews or uh, telling a friend, give us a follow on Instagram at Last Believer Pod. Uh, shoot us an email at lastbelieverpod at gmail dot com. What we will do now? Ooh, we. I am going to welcome our first ever guest on Last Believer. Uh, she's been talked about before as someone who's helped save my life with mental health advice. Uh, she's also been talked about as being the catalyst for Josh and I meeting. So please welcome with open arms and open hearts, not only my former um, my former pop punk DJ partner, but more importantly, one of my best friends in the world, Crystal Kent. Hey, that's like the best intro I've ever gotten and maybe the only one I've ever gotten. So thank you. <laughs> I feel that's like anytime awesome. I've ever I've ever had to introduce anyone, it's like, yeah, that's Crystal. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's usually <laughs> like, yeah, it's Crystal. Oh, there's my delayed air horn. Oh, I was wondering. <laughs> I thought it was a child screaming, and I was like, that's also appropriate. That's fine. <laughs> uh, the delayed air. Super. I, I wrote that I wrote that intro when I was getting into the cups last week after the episode when we were texting, and you were ah, excited true. about coming on. I was just like. I remember texting. I was like, I wrote a fucking ridiculous intro for Crystal. I love it. That's not ridiculous. That's like the nicest thing ever. I really appreciate that. And I have to so, I have a lot of standards to live up to now. So it was, it was very one sided, though. I did put a lot of my negative pers- thing. Oh, OK. No, no. Friends and my old DJ partner. And it's very one sided. I don't know. Josh, do you have anything you want to add about uh, Crystal? 
Well, mostly, I think Crystal can add stuff about herself. There we you go. Know, we, asked, we asked you to be on this podcast. You like good riddance, yeah? I do. They're a big, big part of my uh, teenage life. I recall seeing good riddance probably two to three times a year, probably. Easily, they were like one of the most touring bands like in my teenage years. And like yeah, every guys... single time they threw down. I don't even care how anyone feels about like the members or whatever. I'm sure that they're a highly respected band in the industry and I love them and I always have. I probably always will. And I can attest to that because we saw them as grown adults and still had such a fun time. And so, yeah. Yeah. We did right? a road trip to Hamilton a few years ago to go and see good riddance. And it yeah. was great. It was also, we've mentioned trigger happy on this show before. Maybe my favorite part of that particular good riddance show was going to see trigger happy play with good riddance in whatever it was, 2015, I guess. And, Probably. uh, Al Nolan was on stage calling everybody Nazis and then <laughs> Goodwins came out and rocked. And it was honestly Just like could have been 1995. Yeah. 100%. That was actually one thing I was going to add to seeing them like two, three times a year is that every single time that I saw them trigger happy opened up for them. Like, like clockwork, like every single time you knew that trigger happy was going to be on the bill for sure. And like, you're just like, all right, I'm going to hear this song, this song, this song. Then this band's going to come on. I'm going to hear this song, this song, this song. And it's going to be a time. And it was every time. Every time. And you currently live in Canmore, Alberta. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's yeah. Wild. Canmore. <laughs> it sure is. Yeah, nobody even knows what Canmore is. I didn't know what it was till I moved here. I only Canmore know it is sort of Royal Canadian Air Force bit from like. <laughs> of course you do. What? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. Do you remember uh, <laughs> in Air Force as a comedian? I, I I just never watched it. Oh, okay. Well, shit. As didn't a comedian, anything. I didn't think it was funny. So. <laughs> Fair. I was a child. I, didn't. I know. I will give you that. I will totally give you that. <laughs> so Canmore, for anyone listening that doesn't know, Canmore sort of forms this triangle with Banff and Lake Louise as far as like snowboard towns in the Rockies in Canada, Absolutely. in Canmore. Yeah. What do people listen to other than SNFU and strung out? You know, I think a lot of ska, honestly. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like in Banff, like the Australians, they live for ska. Like they really do. Like there used to be a lot of bands that would roll through Banff like back in the day. And it was like a lot of ska bands. <laughs> And now that time has passed, like, obviously no one goes anywhere now, but I don't know. Honestly, Alberta is a weird one because you have like a small pocket of like punk rockers and then you've got an even bigger pocket of like system of a downers, <laughs> like finger 11ers. So like, I actually don't know who's listening to punk rock these days out here. Cause like, there's a lot of like, you know, country and system of a downers. So yeah, sure. The term system of a downer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if maybe like the the lack of like just an obvious punk presence is I don't like late 90s, early 2000s. Every skateboard and snowboard video was littered with Epitaph and Fat Bands. Oh, totally. I don't know if they even make those big productions anymore. That's one thing that I should add is the fact that a lot of the people out here are really young and it's very transient. So you have people from all over the world who obviously have like their own bands within their own countries, sure. but it's, uh, they're very, very young. Like, so it's people that it's like their first experience is moving like a, abroad. So 
hell, who knows what the hell they're listening to these days. I, I, I'm like going to really be an old punk rocker here for a second, but I have no fucking clue what's out there anymore. <laughs> I just assume ska. I just assume it's ska. <laughs> Maybe it's ska, but like put through a, a glitch core filter. Oh, that's interesting. I, I don't know glitch if glitchcore is a thing. I have no yeah. idea. I don't know I what that like, is. That sounds horrendous, whatever it is, and I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to my old music. <laughs> Speaking of your old music. Yeah. The way, that, the way that we are deciding who the guests on Last Believer, a podcast about good riddance are is by asking a bunch of people we know who like good riddance what their top five good riddance songs are and then they send us a list and when we draw those songs at the end of an episode we will uh call up those guests and see if they want to come and hang out with us for a couple hours so crystal kent i know from years and years of hanging out that steps by good riddance is hands down your favorite good riddance song Anyone that isn't already aware, Steps is the second song in on Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion. Uh, It is Russ and Luke and Chuck and Sean and Ryan Green is the producer for it. We're going to get to let Dan talk first on this one, I think. (laughs) Dan, what are your thoughts about Steps? You really just like cued it up for Crystal and you're like, but let's go to Dan. (laughs) You got to keep them guessing, man. Keep them guessing. Even even the guests. I love that. Keep them there's guessing. No, there's no guess and guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, second song on the record. Um, I love the intro so much for this song. It's like the perfect transition second song on a record. You know, like as the first song fades out, and then the that yeah, that intro is just so good. Um, this is in my top ten good written songs of all time. It makes that little list that I have kicking around here somewhere. Um, on my, my messy desk where I, anyways, um, yeah. And I think a big part of that too, was just like nostalgia. Um, when I was in high school, um, I'd mentioned long, I think maybe on the intro episode that someone had lent me a copy of comprehensive guide and like, this was just always a go-to jam on that, um, on that record. Um, when I was doing the radio show as well, like I was just making mixtapes of a lot of the stuff that was playing on there and, yeah, like Steps was on a ton of mixtapes. Um, so I, I was watching the music video as well, something I haven't seen in probably a good 20 plus years. And uh, yeah, they definitely dress like 90s hardcore kids for being like on fat records. And the video makes them seem like a bunch of like goofy bods. But, uh, you know, unlike the serious tone that runs through their lyrical content, they just seem like they're just a bunch of goofy dudes having like a really good time. Um, yeah. And I always like, yeah, that little sing-along chorus is always like the really fun stuff that I always loved, you know, the one step forward, two steps back. But I never really looked at the lyrics as a whole until like last week. And this is a really dark one. Eh? <laughs> Not a very uh, positive. Totally. <laughs> yeah. That's wild. It's funny that you say that. Cause I was literally just thinking that about like two hours ago that I like, I knew the words like verbatim but I never really connected like what the song was about. And then I like actually sat down and read the lyrics and I was like, is this why it resonates so much? Cause it's just so fucked up. And my childhood was so fucked up. I was like, is this like a subconscious thing? I don't know, but it's like very much a dark song, but it's like the poppiest like way of presenting it. Uh, yeah. Are you guys familiar with the film falling down starring Michael Douglas? No, but 
I'm sure anything Michael Young Michael Douglas is in. Is it young or old? Youngish. It was like okay. early nineties. The okay. basically the the last verse where it's talking about the dude who's losing his mind driving home from an office where he hates himself and his job oh, and I everything. I've seen that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Falling down. Yeah. I'm sorry, I told you. And Michael you. Douglas Michael Douglas just snaps and walks through LA and at one point like beats the shit out of a couple dudes who try to mug him and totally. by the end of it you find out that it's because his wife left him two months ago and they open up this briefcase that he's been protecting the whole time and he opens it up and it's like an apple and a pen sitting inside his briefcase totally. and there's nothing else in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good. yeah totally. <laughs> Crystal, other than the other than lyrics, this is yeah. your favorite song. Why is it your favorite song? I mean, like, I don't even know where to start because I knew you were going to ask me this. So I was like trying to really like <clears throat> think about it. Honestly, it's just such a banger that like as soon as like a comes on you just start like wanting to mash walls and like just like mash your head around and just like party and it's like lasted for decades now the fact that i'm nearly 40 and i'm still as soon as that comes on i like crank it i was in my car like last week listening to it i was like ready to take my car off the road i was like i'm getting into this (laughs) it's just a banger like it's just like such a get up song and like, especially when they, whenever they did it live, it was just like, you were like anticipating that song coming on. Cause you knew that the crowd was going to get nuts. You were going to get nuts. And like, it was just going to be a good time. And then the rest of the songs didn't matter after that to me. I was like, I want to hear steps. The rest of the songs are great. I still love this band, but that is the song I could leave right after it. If I had to. I echo that too. I feel like that's a song where if I listen to it, I will restart it versus keep going to the next good written song for example on the record like i'll listen to it more than once yeah. oh for sure i mean the whole album is i'd say pretty close to perfection for me that's like the one good written album that i have listened to front to back for decades now it's just flawless to me comprehensive guide is just honestly their best record in my opinion and steps is the best song that they've ever written also in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> I am HO. Uh, <laughs> you got that? Think about steps. I want to. I want to do that for the kids. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying yeah. to talk like the kids. You appeal to the kids. Mm-hmm. Stay mm-hmm. relevant. Yeah. You got to start listening to more glitchcore, dude. Yeah, I know. I'm missing out. <laughs> Could you send me some? Dan, I think you're really gonna appreciate my take on this song, based on the last nine or ten weeks of us doing this. Oh. This is the good written <laughs> song that I have listened to. The fewest times of all of Good Riddance. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not trying to be a bummer or suck the air out of the room, but like, honestly, from the time this record came out, it it's never done it for me. Like, I know it's a fan favorite and I know everybody absolutely loves it, but like, I feel like it's it's slower than mid tempo. I was going to say, can I, can first I half of it for a second? Yeah, it's not it's not crunchy punk, which is what you like. You like yes. really like crunchy punk. And this is like so True. like like so pretty and like clean yes. sounding out yes. of all of their songs. And that's why it's not your favorite. Exactly. And oh. and like as a grown ass man now, obviously, and listening to it, it's that thing where like, yeah, sure. It's not my favorite good written song, but I still really like it. Sure. Like I said, I know it's fan favorite and it was on, you know, there was the video compilation that came out that Dan was talking about before. And like, I just never really dug it. I feel like it's because it's sandwiched between weight of the world 
and um, credit to his gender on the record that it's like both those songs are fucking all timers. And then steps is in the middle of it, just sitting there waiting to slow everything down and chill out. Like, I don't want to slow down and chill out. I'm skateboarding or whatever. It's bizarre that you say slow. I could see it being too poppy, but too slow is like a little bit mind blowing. It's because it's not like double kick pedal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not kicking my face off. Um, but also, this is like 16-year-old me talking this way, sure. you know, like, yeah, you know, as an adult, I appreciate it a lot more. And like I was saying, in the end, it's still a good written song. But like, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And I have no nostalgia for this song. Like when I would tape this CD, so because I, I had a tape, tapes, obviously tapes, and they were 60-minute tapes. And so to fit this album on one side of a 60-minute tape is only 30 minutes. And this song definitely got cut anytime. I was taping this album. Yeah. Oh, that is really too bad because that is yeah. literally like the one song that I'd make sure was on all my playlists. Crystal's yeah. tape is just this song. 15. It's just a song on repeat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, that actually. Come I, dancing, the cover that those two. Yeah. We'll have you back when we pick come dancing. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell me how much you don't like that song too. It'll be great. <laughs> we can we can we, we can talk all about it then. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> let's let's see what the fan reaction is before we have her come mm. back too. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Up the gun too quick. I'm sh- I I just said that I didn't like steps and now I'm off the show and it's up to you two now. <laughs> it's just we just have a new show called Steps and it's just steps. One hundred forty episodes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And, just like much, and we just talk about how much we like it every single time. There's no, like, differing views. <laughs> just every time it's like, that's on the bank. One step forward. All right, so, Crystal, you said that Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion is your favorite record by the riddance. The next song on the same record, Static. Uh, the seventh song in, obviously, all the same producers, blah, blah, blah. Who wants to talk first? Dan, Crystal, you guys choose. I mean, I don't really have too, too much to say about it other than, like, you know, I guess, you know what, I'll just take it and then I'll let Crystal fill it in because I really don't have much to say. Um yeah, it's, I like I remember hearing this jam. I remember the opening static, uh, a super cool intro, but it also reminds me more of like Crime in Stereo, which is definitely more my my lane. Um, who actually coincidentally also had a split with Kill Your Idols, just like on our next song. But I digress. Um, but yeah, my favorite part of this song though is if you ask the if uh, if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. There's nothing free in this world. Nothing free in this life. I copied that in my notes. I rarely copy lyrics into my notes, but I was just like, man, that really strikes a chord right in the feels. They're good like that. They'll do that to you. They'll creep <laughs> into your brain, and then all of a sudden you've got feelings. Feelings like a big old softy. So, Crystal, yeah. I will defer to you see, uh, to see how, how you feel about static. Okay. Well, here's the thing. And as I've mentioned now probably several times that I'm into like the poppier good riddance stuff um to me static isn't as uh poppy to me so it was definitely one that was skipped on my playlist a lot 
So I unfortunately don't have a ton to like chime in about on this case, but nonetheless, I'm still going to say it's on a great record and they're still a great band. <laughs> That's me being neutral. Look at me. I could be a politician. Isn't that great? I, I feel neither you. good nor bad about it. <laughs> well, and that, but that's like a really good point because it was just it's it's a good like there's nothing wrong with the song, but it doesn't like jump out as a standout track for me. And it sounds like the feeling might be in the same vein of just I'm like guessing it, it's Josh's favorite song on the album because we both are feel the same way. So I'm guessing Josh loves it. <laughs> well, I, I have no problems with this song. It is not my okay. favorite song on Comprehensive oh, okay. Guide. No, okay. <laughs> uh, th- this song, like, actually, I kind of feel like it's a bit of an outlier on the album. Like, mm. same with Steps, really. Other than Steps, there's no other good written song that sounds like Steps. And Totally. Yeah, and, like, Static, I think, is the same thing. But, like, really, I think, uh, and this might be part of the reason why Comprehensive Guide is so many people's favorite good riddance album, is because as far as good riddance's entire output, it's really an outlier. Like, you know, the the album, it was done in a period where they were like expanding and trying to figure out new things they could do as far as songwriting. And I think Steps is a good example of that. And I think that Static is a good example of that, too. Like mm-hmm. even the like the Static at the start of the song, obviously, is a little on the nose now. But at mm-hmm. the time in like 1996, when I'm listening to this record and I'm, you know, just skateboarding around or whatever, having a sample that's just like 10 seconds of Static at the beginning of the song is weird. But mm-hmm. also attention grabbing. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of yeah. yeah. They use a lot of samples in that album too, which oh, I yeah sure at the time was like just beginning to be a trend because I recall like Lagwagon and bands like that also kind of just introducing small like intros. Yeah, and at the time it was like kind of revolutionary in a way because it was not done very often, and it was yeah it kind of was attention grabbing every time that you heard that like a sample yeah. or a dead air in the beginning or something like that. Mm-hmm. Even just weird drum parts where it'd be just like just drum, like not even counting in, but just someone dicking around before they actually jumped into the song. Oh, yeah. totally. I guess that did, yeah. I guess like mid 90s is when that started happening. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then. Uh, yeah. So over that static, the guitar like coasts in over top of it. And it is kind of like almost spooky sounding uh like it's dark and eerie but still it's not moving slowly or anything like it doesn't it doesn't it's not like gothy or whatever um but, but it does sort of it's not grit core so it is de- yeah it's yeah it's none of that <laughs> um, but yeah it creates this sort of like mood i guess uh which is great because the first line is like a weathered statue and like all of a sudden i'm picturing you know, something like a graveyard where it's foggy, like the opening of an X-Files episode or Buffy or whatever. And that's kind of what I picture at the beginning of it. Like it like it would be something that is definitely in black and white is what the totally. video equivalent of the start of this song sounds like. But then the eeriness like keeps going on, too. And like the chorus, those backing vocals that come in are like very much in the background and almost sound like a weird church thing. I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, Dan, if you have to ask the price. Yeah, really leans into this like image of desolate, spooky scariness. Mm-hmm. And then it's just and then it's juxtaposed the same way when we talked about Bittersweet a couple episodes ago. It's like the part that sounds like it was supposed to be the bridge ended up being the end of the song. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like 
this cool, like hopeful sounding part at the end of a song that otherwise is kind of dark and kind of weird and kind of eerie. Yeah. And that comes into the sort of like explorations that they were doing as far as songwriting goes on this record. We're like, yeah, we could just put a bridge here and go back to another chorus. But instead, we're just going to finish, like, let it trail out at the end of the bridge part. Like, you can tell that they were experimenting with a lot of things. Like, the way that you said, Step sounds like nothing else on the record. Static has, there's a few intros, actually, on that record that are all pretty interesting. Again, using samples from uh, movies and things like that, which, again, weren't really happening that often at the time. The whole yeah. album has, it's, feels very experimental, which I think is why I like it so much, because it kind of keeps you on your toes. The very fun thing about that is that a couple episodes ago, we were talking about when they start, actually it's probably more than just a couple now, <clears throat> but when they started working with Bill Stevenson um, to record their records, his whole approach to it was like, you guys are kind of all over the place. You have your hardcore song and your pop song and your love song and this and that, like, let's make it more cohesive and flow. Whereas all these old records, like the ones like Crystal that you and I would know, because I kind of fell off pretty early on, they're kind of like a hodgepodge of all their uh, influences, which I'm not totally. saying that I'm not saying that positive or negative. It's just mm-hmm. yeah. no, it's totally it's, it's very interesting. Totally that's, that's something that you would gravitate to. And then it's something that a producer that they've continued to work with for many, many years after, like is trying to get them to avoid doing. So I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. I Yeah, I feel like they take notes, but maybe don't always totally listen to it. But I feel like it became more hardcore down the road. <laughs> Fall into that a little bit more, I think. Yeah, I think it was and just a, like a... Off. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, yeah. you and I have had the talk before, too, about how you love Everything Sucks and I love Milo Ghost College. Totally. You can love both. I mean, I well, love yeah. both, but I do. Yeah, same. I Obviously love same. Everything Sucks more. <laughs> This is coming from the guy who has three Milo tattoos. You can love them both. Yeah, I've got a Milo tattoo as well. We could that's for a different episode. You get that on, you're gonna see some like fire starting around that one. Okay. I, I got a question for both of you, and you can okay. answer in whatever order and with whatever length you want to. How do both of you feel about all? Oh, I love them. Like that's... I actually they're like one of my they're like one back in the day they were one of my favorite bands. A uh, million bucks is still one of my favorite songs ever. Is recorded. that is that Chad Price? Yeah. 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 I like all. Um, not as much as I like the Descendants, for no real reason. I but don't. You have you have to take like, them as I'm, two different bands. Or yes, but the the problem too is that especially what maybe like twenty years ago they were not packaged as two different bands because they were kind of like happening happening at the same time that they even put out a live record together where it was like mm-hmm. one was descendants one disc was all because it's basically the same band with different vocals well and different a little bit different musical styling too but i don't i I've, i know people who will pick all over the descendants and it blows my mind i wouldn't do that I, I know. <laughs> who are those people i'm not gonna dox anyone on the, the i don't pop. think that's doxing i think it's no, totally geez. okay um, <laughs> I, I think i think all is great I love the all section of filmage when they, for the descendants documentary, when they do the whole all portion, mm-hmm. uh, you know, say what you will about Dave Smalley, but, uh, Chad price rules. Um, I'm blanking on the other singer's name right now. Oh, I mean, yeah, well, there's, Oh, what's his name? Uh, I don't say it's like Keith or something, but I might be just making up just like a white dude. It might just be a white dude's something. name that I'm trying to think of right now. Yeah. 
generic <laughs> 90s white guy name oh fuck what is it <laughs> so josh what about you what do you feel about all how do you feel about it yeah uh i feel like i want to tell you the story of when that all live album came out is what i want to talk about <laughs> please do so we've talked before dan and i both have uh, radio backgrounds, mine for a major market, giant corporate radio station, and Dan's at a college radio spot because he's okay. true punks with an X. Uh, and the all record came in. It was called All Live Plus One, and it was this cool drawing of the band on the cover. And which was my came... textbook cover for college. <laughs> oh, that's great. Because Crystal, Crystal went to college. Anyway, go on. <laughs> oh wow, there you go. You see what um, I did? And okay. And I was working at the radio station at the time I was the promo guy. So I was like handing out stickers and answering phones and shit. I wasn't on the air. I wasn't interviewing people. But we got this all live plus one album. And when I saw that it was called all live plus one, I figured it was a live all record with one new all song tacked on to the end of it. And it wasn't until I actually opened up the CD and looked at it. I realized that there was a live Descendants set as like a second CD was part of it. And I was like, oh, this is fucking super sweet. And it was the day it came in. And this is before I had a Discman because it was the year 2000. No, 2001. And uh, came in and I'm all like stoked on this live Descendant CD and kind of stoked on the live all CD. And that same day, Blink-182 were coming into the radio station to be interviewed because it was the day before they had some giant show at the Molson Amphitheater and it was Blink-182 and Newfound Glory and Sum 41 and Good Charlotte and somebody else. Anyway, Blink-182 come in and Travis Barker and Tom specifically are the two guys that come in. And first of all, Tom DeLonge's feet are way smaller than you think they're going to be because he's, like <laughs> no, he's like 6'2". No, I 100% believe them to be small. <laughs> but like I'm six feet tall. Like yeah. I would assume a guy taller than me has feet the same size or bigger. But and he's they were an not. alien. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say he's an alien. (laughs) (laughs) So, Uh, and Travis Barker. They're not normal. (laughs) And Travis Barker also came in. Travis Barker is exactly the size and shape you expect him to be. They they come in and they see that I have this Descendants and All CD. And Travis Barker straight up looks at me. He's like, hey, man, can I have this? And I was like, no, you can't have this. I just got it. I haven't even listened to it yet. I'm not going to give you. I haven't even listened to it. Don't you have people to get you this shit? Yeah. Like, and he's just like, and he's like, yeah, I do. And keep in mind, like, I've never met this guy before. I'm not even supposed to be talking to the talent. I'm the fucking promo kid. I'm supposed to be (laughs) handing out stickers. And instead I'm arguing with the drummer from the biggest rock band in the world at the time until the announcer was just like, Josh, give him the fucking CD. You can have mine. And I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. And I gave it to him. And then the next (laughs) night, the next night, Blink-182 is playing a show at the Molson Amphitheater. There's fucking 17,000 people there and they're playing through their set and they get like halfway through and it's all the Blink-182 set and like halfway, maybe two thirds of the way through, they sort of stop and the three of them like huddle in at the drum kit and turn around and Mark Hoppus comes back to the mic. He's like, okay, we're going to play a song by an actual punk band. Uh, Okay. And they played Hope. And I think that was the first time that Blink ever played Hope. And in my brain, they only did that because they got back on the bus or back in their hotel room and listened to that live Descendants CD. And we're like, oh, fuck. Descendants rule. Like, why aren't we playing Descendants songs in our set? And uh, this is my takeaway from it. And I'm sure it's not actually true, but I'm going to keep believing it. Essentially, you just inspired a very popular band. So good for you. 
to cover another very popular band yeah, that had that's been right. covered. And, that's and also right. Hope, which is the same song. Like Sublime covered that out, one. Too, right? Begrudgingly, yeah. you you influenced them to do this. Yeah. Anyway, so, I'm that, that double that double live album fucking rocks is what I'm it getting does. at. It does. It's super good. I would agree with that. And the thing is, I I, I can tell the difference between the two bands. Like, what, well, for Descendants Forever. Descendants are always going to be the best band. Yeah. Um, did you say that Sublime covered Hope? Yeah, definitely. It's on 40 Ounces of Freedom, bro. Can you say that? Like, I would listen to Sublime on yeah, a regular That's band. a really oh. good point. You should give Dan some credit here. <laughs> hey, look. It's not Sublime's fault that they got as big with the wrong crowd as they did. You're absolutely that's a bunch right. Of, you know what? That's I a bunch of genuine dudes who like, you know, it's it's the Rage Against the Machine problem. You know what? I would fucks with an X uh, with some Santeria. That song, honestly, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Whatever. D- Dan, I'm saying that. I've said a good thing. I, I think it's genuinely OK. Yeah. Exactly. Like Sublime is exactly okay. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think that they're garbage. But at the same time, I can't listen to them in, you know, because of all the hacky sackers that have ruined it. (laughs) So one thing I want to put out to the the pod universe, uh, as Josh is kind of doing with the um, comprehensive guide LP, there is a bootleg of everything sucks. But it's Chad Price singing all the songs because they demo. Whoa, really? The par- I've never heard it. Apparently, there's digital recordings of it that you can kind of find. But there's also a rumor that there's a bootleg LP that's pressed out there. If anyone has a copy, let me know. I might be willing to pay a dumb amount of money for it. Uh, yeah. And then record it for me. Do people can you do that still? I don't know. You how, tape it. I don't know how anything works. I'll yeah, could you could you put on a CD for me? That'd be awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Just make sure you skip the second song. Yeah. Oh. song we're going to talk about this week it's called grandstanding from the cheap seats and uh as crystal maybe just found out or maybe found out last week um if you are only listening to good riddance on streaming services this song is not easy to find whoever uploaded the split with killer idols to all of the streaming services it seems managed to fuck it up and got the wrong song the song that you will hear is queen and john which we'll talk about in the future sometime I feel like we need uh, like a proper Toronto celebrity to talk about the corner of Queen and John. Save it for after. <laughs> we'll save it off pod. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's an off pod idea. Um, yeah. Anyway, the seven inch came out originally on Jade Tree in 2001, and then it got re-released on Bridge Nine. Like I was saying, you can't really find it anywhere uh, except for vinyl and YouTube has it. You can find it on YouTube. Other than that, hearing this song is not as easy as everything else. Uh, Dan, Crystal, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll just, I'll quickly chime in. Why not? Um, it's again, not super poppy for me. Uh, so it's not a song that I actually know very well. Uh, it sounds a lot like 
they were crunchy songs, as I call it, <laughs> yeah. which really just means that it's not super poppy and melodic. So therefore it's crunchy. And that could, yeah, that, sure. that's a whole umbrella of things just in itself. Um, I have my own genres of music because I have zero idea how to actually uh, place things into a category. So I just make them up. Um, the song is good. It's, there is like the guitars are pretty melodic, but overall it's not a song that I would get amped up to. That's all I got. I know. I know you like melodic stuff. So like mm-hmm. one of the keystones of our friendship yeah. is drunkenly singing along to every single chick's take it song. Anytime live, whether it's solo with. Anytime we can hit a harmony or like, you know, any sort of, uh, good guitar change like key change and do a higher one get get out of here get out (laughs) (laughs) do you do you okay sorry this is a little bit off topic so you love a good key change do you have like Mm -hmm. a song in your head where you're like this is my favorite throw the coca-cola i didn't i didn't specifically mean a chick's naked song no but it is that is actually my favorite key change Josh, it's just yeah. like the first time that I realized how much I liked key changes. I think that's what it is. I'm sure there's other ones that I like maybe even more at this point, but that's the one that I always think of when I think of a key change. If I could turn back time by share, that key change ah, is fucking shit, devastating. Yes, that's a good one. That's Fuck, a good one that's too. Good. Yeah. Fuck, mine's, mine's Armageddon by uh, Alkaline Trio. That key change at the end of that song is what got me noticing key changes. Oh, but you know, we it's funny. <laughs> I don't know why. As soon as you said Armageddon, I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say Aerosmith for a second. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dan, what do you think of the song "Grandstanding from the Cheap Seats"? <laughs> so it's uh, the opening riff is uh, is a sol- it's solid. I love how it starts. It's a pretty good jam. It's in and out with a shit ton of heavy shit to say. Um, it's there's a lot of big words in a short controlled burst. So much that I was like reading the lyrics and I was like, okay, I'm like, I don't want to say like I'm lost as if like, oh, I don't understand what's happening, but I just lost interest in reading the lyrics and kind of, it's like, eh, I put this record on like, cause you were saying, oh, you can only find it on, you know, um, Bandcamp and Bandcamp. And I was like, no, I found mine in my record collection. However, Ooh. Uh, I pretty much only listen to the Kill Your Idol side for the most part. Like I listen to the Kill Your Idol. That makes more sense. Okay, I was wondering yeah. why you have that record. But I, I listen to the, the Good Riddance side a bunch of times, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, never taking the lyrics. But I mean, like it's the kind of hardcore punk that I like. You know, it's fast. It's to borrow a phrase, crunchy. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> you boys like your crunchy music. I'm this is why on- it came on for steps specifically because. It ain't crunchy. <laughs> it ain't crunchy. So, Josh, actually, I had a question for you, Josh. So, you were saying okay. earlier to um, to the the adoring fans out there uh, that if you're listening on streaming sites, how are you taking in most of this stuff? How are you listening to this stuff? Like when I'm prepping for the show? Yeah. Okay. A few months ago, I was given an iPod mini, like the oh, actual good God. original iPod mini. Relic. Okay. Was, <laughs> yeah. Like, but it, it was like, I was part of this, uh, this panel discussion that was all being done online. Cause obviously everything is being done online. And they realized the easiest way for me to be surprised by a song I was supposed to listen to, to be part of this panel, which was a booze panel. It sounds more confusing than it is. The point is I have essentially, I have an MP3 player 
that only holds 90 songs anyway. So every week when we pick these songs, I put the three songs that we're doing on that. And then because I am not interested in being one of those guys that turns 40 and totally just falls apart, I jump <laughs> rope for 10 minutes every day. And so for the 10 minutes I'm jumping rope, I listen to the three songs that we're going to cover on the pod. And that's where I get these ideas. And I'm sorry. So I, you staying young is you skipping rope, but not actually I mean, listening to anything for, that was made in the 21st century. Correct. <laughs> OK, I just I just want to make sure that I got that clear. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, you physically, yeah. physically, yes, you will be staying younger uh, mentally. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure that's exactly how that works. No. But well, you've heard me <laughs> tell stories. I've been an old man since I was fucking 22. I do know that actually about you. Yeah. Yeah. This is how I work. Anyway, <laughs> this song. <laughs> for the for, for the record, I did not know that was going to be Josh's answer. That was not set up at all for. For that, that was just somehow um, I knew though. Somehow I just knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off, Josh. Go ahead. Yes. Like I, I'm not going to pretend like that's a normal way to prep for a podcast. No. Like I know, I know, I get it. I'm fucking, I'm a weirdo. I know. Anyway, you're doing trans- like as a never nude, like just skipping rope and like cut off jean shorts. With an iPod mini or whatever it is. <laughs> First generation iPod. <laughs> <laughs> Just having the time of your life listening to 90s music, which for sure puts you in the 21st century and keeps you young. 100 percent. OK, are you, go on. are you spying on me, miss? Just, just keep going. Yeah, I know. It's because I just know you that well. I've known you for over a decade. So, I mean, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. So the song Grandstanding from the Cheap Seat. Sure. First. First thing I want to acknowledge beyond all of that weirdness is that <laughs> podcasting is, in essence, grandstanding from the cheap seats. Oh. Like that's all podcasting is, is grandstanding from the cheap seats. Secondly, this 7-inch came out a few months after I got really into Strike Anywhere, which mm. somehow we haven't talked about that band at all on this podcast. But I can't think of two bands that coexisted like Good Riddance and Strike Anywhere that are so much, not necessarily that they sound the same, but definitely the same fan base and definitely same influences and definitely totally. same lyrical content. And like, so. there's a lot of stuff that like Strike Anywhere and Good Riddance have in common. And for some reason that hasn't come up. One of the things they have in common is that it changes the sound. And this seven inch came out on J tree in 2001. Anyway, that popped into my brain when I was thinking about mm-hmm. when this came out, who put it and, out. And they toured together. When that show happened in Ottawa, I was really into Strike Anywhere. They were playing a place in Ottawa. And because I was uh, too uh, too much into the whole bridge nine-ness of hardcore and stuff like that, I uh, did not go to the show because it was um, good riddance, yeah. Strike Anywhere, and Anti-Flag. Uh, mm-hmm. all, bands, all bands that I have seen multiple times and have enjoyed, but I was quote-unquote too cool so instead mm-hmm. i went to an after party where strike anywhere played the basement and i think it was april 2nd 2002 and i only know that because i have a camcorder that i held the entire time yes you have a bootleg video has, <laughs> and it has the timestamp on it and i've been looking for the tape because i just found my camcorder so yeah i bailed i bailed on a good written show that strike anywhere is playing just to go see strike anywhere play which is uh, which is fine. Also, I mean, when you find that fine. tape, 
when you find that tape, you got to send it to what's his face, Sonny at Hate Five Six. Yeah, he is, all about, he is all about remastering old hardcore shows these days. Anyway, oh cool. anyways, yeah. This song, <laughs> uh, this is like this is one of the scrappiest good written songs. Like I feel like this is a very punk sounding song. Like this there's is no Santa Cruz at its finest. Like for yeah, like, uh, bordering <laughs> punk rock and hardcore. That's yeah, like, to uh, me, that Santa Cruz punk rock is like what the song is. Yeah. Like thumbs down or blast. Uh, yeah. The guitar tone and the feel of it, honestly, I feel it kind of sounds like TSOL, which I know is not Santa Cruz, mm. uh, and is no. like 10 years, 20 years previous. Um, but like real TSOL feelings, the chorus part is like you were saying melodic, but like not noodly or too sing along. Like it's not overdone at all. I, I like that it's sung instead of shouted, you know, mm-hmm, the, totally. Yeah. I also love that the whole song is about choosing polite and simple complacence over active engagement. And like part of it is about voter repression and also just the idea that everyone is just like happy to sit back and not do anything. The one line like we're too entertained to realize the extent of their control. It's not a new idea in punk, but like Dan was saying, that's a, you know, not just that line, but there's a lot of words that get like smashed into this very short song same with the line uh, sure. ignore your dubious pretense of freedom in a different way oppression masked with false consent yeah that's a it's a lot of words and it's not nothing like we said nothing new in punk but like i think this song is fucking sick i think the seven inch the split with killer idols is a really good example of what good riddance does because there's four songs yeah. and each one of them doesn't sound at all like the last or the next i have a question for you both now that we've read lyrics and we've kind of gone over it throughout your lifetime though of listening to good runs do you consider them a political band 100 primarily yeah yeah like have you always thought that way like have you or is it like after the last yeah Yeah, that's what I'm wondering, because I never considered them one until like later in life when I, you know, matured and realized what the lyrics were about. But like propaganda bands like that, like I knew off the bat that they were a political band. For me, Good Riddance was more of like a a slow grow in terms of like understanding their politicalness. I mean, Josh and I both have very different uh, experiences listening to Good Riddance over the years and me Mm -hmm. just being casual fan and listening to a lot of early stuff. There was a lot of political stuff I picked up on, uh, whether it be the animal rights stuff, whether it be right, uh, whether it be um, the feminism angle and the credit to his gender, um, you know, like just like stuff like that, like I picked up on, but never really clued in as political. But in the last like nine, 10 weeks that Josh and I have been doing this and reading the lyrics, I'm like, totally. There's there's like, yeah. And like there's way more to it than I think I gave him credit for is what kind of what I'm what I'm saying is that I think I listened to them for a very long time. Like you and I were talking about earlier, Dan, that like you you knew the words and like you kind of just like could sing along. But it took sitting down and actually reading the lyrics to realize how like political each one is. And like, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I'm, I'm guessing, Josh, you probably already picked up on that because that's like a lot of music that you like. Yeah, like from the time I was a kid, that was kind of what set Good Riddance apart is that they mm-hmm. didn't sound like anything else on Fat Records. But I also had a really hard time convincing my friends that I was listening to like Drop Dead and Born Against and Los Crudos with that Good Riddance was worth listening to. But also my friends that were into 
lag wagon and strung out no effects. We're just like, no, it's too, you know, crunchy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. it, it, it's always been this weird middle ground for me, which is why I love the fucking band so much is because mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm the one guy who likes born against and no effects, you know? Right. Uh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and so having good riddance sort of as the in-between band for all of that, but like, also, and we talked about this on a previous episode, and I remember doing an interview with Russ a million years ago where I asked him about like going back and forth between writing, you know, cute love songs or breakup songs, but then backing it up with like media's influence is too strong and military industrial complex is something we should really be more concerned about. And him fully just being like, yeah, I could write albums and albums and albums of love songs, but the other guys in the band have to remind me that like, I'm writing for a punk band, so I should be writing yeah. about something. Like that. Uh, <laughs> I actually and, respect and he, that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and like he's he's shameless about it because why would you be ashamed? He writes good songs regardless of what for they're sure. about. But yeah. it also was that thing when I was a kid, and also like when I was a kid, obviously everything is more defined, and you're into what you're into, and that's it. But mm -hmm. like steps, when we were talking about it, it was like I would skip that one, even though the, lyrically it is heavy, but it wasn't like far reaching enough for me to really dig in. Right. Uh, even on on ballads from the revolution, where literally it's like track by track, it changes between what the song is about and what it what it means and how far reaching it is or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I've I've always thought of Good Riddance as primarily a political band. Okay. And then and then when songs like Salt are the ones that get huge, and it's about like. Dudes rocking out too hard. <laughs> it's like, no, but I swear this, this band is about more than that guys. And yeah. There's like, oh, more yeah, to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's always funny to go back and forth, which isn't to say I dislike anything that they do. It's yeah, just, I, I definitely have my, have my preferences. Right. Yeah. No. And I find that interesting because again, like it wasn't until I was an actual like established adult that I realized that they were way more political than I gave them any credit for. It's because it wasn't like, in your face. It wasn't like anti-flag. And like I said, propaganda, like bands like that, where it was just, that was their sort of shtick, I guess. I don't want to say shtick. Cause they, I mean, what they were talking about wildly yeah. important, but like, that's who they were. Whereas good mm -hmm. riddance, I don't think was placed into any specific box. So like they, they were political, but they were like a fat, like they were on fat compilations and like all those sort of things. Like they were kind of all over the map in terms of where you could place them. So I, I actually find them that much better because you can't really put them in a box. Cause they don't need to be so obvious, right? Yeah. And that's it They're, They never were obvious about it. And I, I kind of yeah. respect that. There's a, there's a part on the exposed video, which came out in like 2000 fat records, put out a bunch of, you know, it's like a tour video of good riddance where some of it is handheld camcorder stuff. And some of it is like actual show footage. But at one point, uh, Russ and Luke are being interviewed by Fat Mike, and he's like, so you obviously sing about important things, but you don't make a point of like expressing that so much outside of the songs. What's the deal? And Russ is like, yeah, I used to do that. But then Chuck is over my shoulder fucking drooling on himself. So what good is me talking about like injustices yeah. in Central America while this is going on? So I just realized to just keep it in the song, which is kind of like, again, like you're saying, a cool angle. Yeah, yeah, it um, is. I, it actually is. Like, I remember there being times where, like, he'd get a, like, Russ, I don't want to say preachy, because, like, what he was saying was actually, like, as an adult, I understand now, was, like, actually very important. But I remember mm -hmm. kind of being a teenager and kind of being like, 
oh, just get to steps or like, just get to like the fun songs. Cause like, right. you know, and then as I got older again, I started to realize that what he was talking about was actually very important. Whereas yeah. I loved, I loved going to shows in like the, uh, the two minute long explanation for the 45 second long song. Yeah, I was totally. all about it. I believe that very much. So yeah. I feel and like we were at the same shows just like like losing our <laughs> one minds of us at different grumpy times. And the other one was yeah, still. totally. I was having a nap in the back of the opera house while you were up at the front, just like being like, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tell me more." Uh, there, I, th- I think there is like a really good and important middle ground of being the uh, "don't be quote unquote preachy" and then just yeah. like you don't want it to be like an inside out show, right? Like when CDLR would just go on and on. And see, then, I love that shit. I love it. Oh. I do. I don't because it it's also like, you may as well go see Morrissey because honestly, <laughs> yeah, except for Morrissey's records suck and yeah, Inside that is Out's a records problem. do not. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, okay. So we aren't doing a quiz cause we aren't doing quizzes anymore. I fucking really have quizzes here. However, I have started putting up questions, like telling people to ask us questions on days when we're recording. So we have a question. I'm going to pose it to both of you first. Okay. If you were to create a six inch action figure of your favorite musician, who would it be? Artist, band, whatever. Dan Eamon. Holy shit. Oh, a Dan you said that so fast. Figure. He already looks uh, like a superhero. Like he's fucking super ripped. He, looks, he is he looks, a superhero. That dude has like, survived a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to just say like the first, like I'm going to free form a thought. I'm going to say Buddy Holly as my first one. Oh, good Just because he's like the unsuspecting like superhero. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's like taken up half my leg space in a tattoo. Um, I do think that he would be like the most unassuming, like good uh, music, I guess, uh, superhero. Yeah. <laughs> Creating riffs, 50s riffs. <laughs> just, like, And then, and also like, bringing bottles of milk to your door at the same time. I don't know. There's something wholesome about him, but I bet he could like mess things up. The thing, every one that I've thought of in my head already has action figures. I'm sure. Cause Todd McFarlane was doing that for a while, right? Yeah, like, he was. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So like everyone that pops into my brain is like, who's an action figure caliber rock star is like Chuck D Angus young, yeah. Henry Rollins, you know, I it's like dudes right. that probably already have action figures. Although there's someone else that is not Todd McFarland who made uh, the cursed he goat a while ago into an action figure, like the cursed goat, and you can buy it. Like it's a thing. Are you serious? Yeah, okay, it's see, the same I guy. Come he up made with something better. <laughs> no, it's it's like he also made one that's Damien, like Damien Abraham. Yeah, uh, all with like his shirt off and his face is bleeding and stuff. I can't remember the name of the artist right now. I'll put it in the show notes when I figure it out later. But uh, anyone that I would pick as my favorite probably already exists. I, it would probably be Chuck D. I would say Chuck D would be the action figure that I would. I almost want to make Chuck D mine, too, honestly. <laughs> he's definitely a superhero, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. OK, you know what? I switch it to Chuck D as well. Yes, yeah, so I have. I have no personal opinions. I, I can't think I'm a robot. I'm also betting that Dan Yeeman would probably want a Chuck D action figure. So we're all on the same team. Fair. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I have the random number generator up whenever you are ready. Hit me. Okay. Oh, shit. Hold on a second here. <laughs> he lied. No, it's I had it ready. It's because the... Unprofessional. 
the video chat screen was covering the results. Unprofessional. <laughs> All right. The first number we have is number 87. 87. 45. Okay. I feel like I'm at a bingo. <laughs> the last number. The great one. Number 99. Bingo. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Song number 87 is The Dubious Glow of Excess, which... Uh, fits into the contest that we were running as far as names for bizarre dissertations and essays that good riddance would name albums or songs the dubious glow of excess figures right in there i, I think so. song number 45 Ooh, ever smile from ballads from the revolution hey that's a good one that's a that's a straight up crystal jam and i'm pretty sure dan's gonna love it too <laughs> and then song number 99 is tell me why which is on My Republic from 2007. That was past my time. <laughs> yeah. I was cool. listening to the XX by then. I, I had moved genres entirely by 2007. Ah, uh, the XX, of course. But those Yeesh. guys also come from like weird art punk bands, right? Of course they do. That's, yeah. I still have that in like deep seated in me. It doesn't go away. Dan, tell people what to do. All right. I will tell people what to do. Are you sure you don't want to do a quiz with Crystal? That's what I want to know first. Mm-hmm. What, what quiz have you got? Let's make this a three-hour podcast. I'm, like, cozied up. Let's do it. I had two quizzes lined up, and I was going to give the guest the choice. One of them Let's... is which punk rock subgenre should you listen to? And the other one is what underrated band slash artist should you take in next? Oh, uh, B, please. All right. So I'm going to put the link in the chat here. Oh, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk it out. That's how content. Oh, sweet. Okay. All right. So I will ask the first question here. All right. Welcome to Da Quiz. That's actually how it's written. Uh, All right. (laughs) What genre of music do you generally listen to? Surf rock, hyper pop, indie pop, punk, garage rock. None of the above. So I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to. Are we all doing this, or is it just Crystal doing it? Oh yeah, what's happening? Am I saying, or are we all saying? I'll do it with Crystal. It's fine. Crystal, what are you okay. going to take? I pick surf rock, but I don't think that's necessarily true. But I'm going to say surf rock because I like it a lot. All right. Which of these artists do you listen to most? 100 Gex slash Slater, Suicidal Tendencies slash Minor Threats. Conan Gray slash The Neighborhood, The Cure slash The Distillers, Fiddler slash White Stripes slash Gorillas, or who the fuck are these people? Oh, man, I don't listen to, like, anything except for Suicidal Tendencies and maybe Fiddler once in a while. I'll go with Suicidal Tendencies and Minor Threat. I am going to take, yeah, see, that's probably the right answer for me, but I'm going to take Fiddler because I think I listen to Fiddler more than... Both of those. I think uh, I listen to Suicidal Tendencies more than Fiddler, but then I listen to Fiddler more than Minor Threat. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is your aesthetic like? Y2K slash pink slash cyber shit? Cities at <laughs> slash LED lights? Grunge slash fire slash broken glass? Ass? Cemeteries slash gothic culture slash churches? I'm just going to straight up say ass because I really don't understand otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take fire and uh, broken glass. All right. The next one is a, 
is are you in the LGBT community? Yes or no? Or uh, the other yeah, option, I am. The other option is no, I'm homophobic. Oh, wow. It's just going to – it's a hard yes for me, so – I, I I am a, a cis male. I respect it and I support it. But yeah, I would still say that you're you're in that community because you are there for your friends that are. And I because I you would are say in the community with people, right? You are. I'd say you're an ally for sure. This quiz is fucking gnarly. Okay, how how do you shit. like how do you like to dress? Jean jacket slash leather jackets wow. with spikes, and patches, and ripped jeans, like a whore. Lots of stripes, hoodies, crop tops, all black all the time, whatever I want, and I don't let shit like gender get in the way. I'm going to pick the last one. Otherwise, I would have picked whore. <laughs> so. I'm All right. I'm going to take the uh, the jean jackets with spikes. With, well, not with the spikes, but definitely patches and ribbed jeans. Cause that's yeah. It. That's probably right. closest. All right. What do you think of Gen Z? I am part of Gen Z, and I think they're pretty cool. Uh, they're too sensitive about everything. I don't know. I'm more of an old soul. I like that they break tradition, or I don't give a fuck. I put, um, I like that they break tradition. Uh, I'm going to put <laughs> it, I don't give a fuck. All right. Which of these okay. songs appeals, uh, appeals to you the most? Total 90. Surf Bat, Hurricane Florence Killed My Dad, Kiss and Tell, Molotov Girls. I'm picking Surf Bat 100%. Fuck, I thought you were going to – I could have sworn you were going to take Molotov Girls. I That was my second one. It was too on the nose though. Mm. Hurricane Florence yeah. Killed My Dad is, is long enough that whatever. I'm not taking this. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, thanks for taking the quiz. First one, hopefully you like it. Yes. No, yes, nice try though. Terrible. Die. Ass. Those are your options. Oh, God. Okay, so my next one that I'm supposed to listen to is Seven Minutes in a Microwave. I'm going to tell you right now, I will never listen to that band based on the name alone. Okay, so the band that I got was called Dits. You like music, heavy, fast, and angsty, and gay. Dits is the, Dits is the band for you. Uh, personal song recommendations are Gay Boy, Seeking Arrangement, Fuck the Pain Away cover. Actually, I'm probably. I want that. I want that band. <laughs> uh, they don't have too many songs, but the ones they do have are criminally underrated. Oh, yeah. And by the way, their name is in all caps on Spotify. There you go. Free plug for dits. I'm not giving seven minutes in a microwave a plug at all. I'm sorry. I don't I know mean, them. I feel like you just did. Well, so, I said their name. I said their name only. <laughs> So I think it was like last week or the week before I was like, ah, oh, Josh, I'm bummed that the last quiz that we did was a bummer. And then we're like, oh, we'll just pull them out for when uh, uh, guests come on. And so, Josh, yeah. I'm sorry. Last quiz was a fucking bummer. <laughs> that was another bad one. No way. I I mean, it's. It just sounds like they're going to kick my dick it off. Sounds, it yeah. Sounds oh, I Sorry, want to punch the, my tits in the face the, with that one. <laughs> the result I'm not upset about. Just the. I don't know. I, the quiz itself is just about how I'm a whore is being one of the options. Sure. Okay. If that's a little weird. Yeah. That's a bit weird, but you know what? I am a bit of a whore, so whatever. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it, well, if you say it, in, I mean, if you give the word, no, like hold it all on life, if you make it nothing but a word fair and you know what? Being a hoe is super cool. So whatever. Okay. So... And on that note, <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's land this plane. Okay. Ah, so taking all that, <laughs> taking all of that into consideration, uh, hopefully you have not uh, unsubscribed from the podcast from this little uh, little uh, experiment with our first guest. Uh, so if, if you have not subscribed, please feel free to do so. Uh, give us a five-star review. It really helps us get, uh, get the name out. Um, or just tell a friend who, um, you think would enjoy this nonsense or how we so like to put it, two bozos shooting the shit about punk or in some cases, three bozos. Uh, follow us on Instagram at last believer pod, shoot us an email at lastbelieverpod at gmail.com. And, um, you can hit me up on my personal Instagram at Dan Sup. Should you feel like you want to tell me I'm dumb or something? Don't Crystal, you dare do you tell ha- Danny's dumb. Crystal, Never. do you have anything, do you have anything to plug that you want to plug before we, uh, land this plane? I live in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So, I mean, what I'm about to plug really probably won't resonate with anybody, but, uh, I am a barber. I'm a hairstylist, so if anyone in Canmore or the Bow Valley is uh, listening, I'm actually pretty good. Turns out I haven't made anyone bleed, and I haven't destroyed anybody's will to live. So um, if you want a haircut, go to the loft. That's literally all I have to plug. I have a question for you, Crystal. Yeah, my bud. If people want to follow you on Instagram because all oh. you do is show photos of your adorable new pet, how do they do ah. that? If you'd like to watch me uh, take pictures of my own self or of my beautiful little hedgehog, Theodore, uh, my name on Instagram is Chris Talk. So K-R-I-S-T-A-L-K. And I, it's supposed to be Crystal K, but you know what? No one sees it that way. So let's just go with Chris Talk. Have you guys ever heard about how Donald Glover, you know, Childish Gambino, his other name? Yeah. How, how he his, his Twitter handle... His Twitter handle for the longest time was Don Glover, which looks like Dong Lover, and he just kept it. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's even true. I've just heard it, and, like, based on interviews I've seen with the dude, he seems like the sort of guy who'd be like, no, nah, fuck you. Dong Lover. Whatever. Yeah, it's Dong Lover. I don't give an actual shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crystal, thanks for coming and hanging out and joking yes. around and laughing and laughing some more. Uh, we'll be back next week with three songs, dubious glow of excess, ever smile and tell me why. If you're listening, you should probably have figured out by now that we don't have rights to any of the music that we're playing on this show. Um, so if that's an issue for you, please just reach out. Otherwise, keep in mind that all the songs you're playing are by Good Riddance, uh, released on various independent labels. You should buy those records. Don't download shit for free. Don't be that guy. Uh, I'm Josh Lindley, and thanks for listening to Last Believer, a podcast about good ones. You Yeah. Oh fuck! Actually, you know what? I like this song more than I realized. <laughs> fuck! I actually, do, I actually do like that.